0: Good morning. Good, morning. good morning you know if Abraham had been a little more persistent or widened his search he would have ended up at the cross where one died for all before the uh, service this morning some of us were talking about uh, teachers who had had an influence on us uh, as we were growing up and I remembered that when I was in the first or second grade, I had a teacher uh, who every time we were about to, she was about to introduce a new or important uh, topic, she would say, now, put on your thinking caps. (laughs) And it occurred to me that might be a good idea to say this morning. Put on your thinking caps (laughs) because today is the seventh sunday of the season of pentecost the season of pentecost is the longest season in the church year and in fact it's as long as all the other seasons of the church year combined if the focus of those other seasons is on jesus as the fulfillment of John the Baptist preaching, after me comes one mightier than I, the focus of the season of Pentecost is on the second half of John's preaching. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the incarnation of the Word of God. The Word, or logos, stands for order, meaning, and purpose. The spirit is associated with power. So the word without the spirit is dead because it is powerless. But the spirit without the word is fanaticism because it has no meaning or purpose. So the spirit always bears witness to the word. And yet I suspect that for many of us, the focus on the Holy Spirit during Pentecost seems like an innovation. Some of that is just an accident of history. We used to call the feast of Pentecost Whitsunday and then we numbered the Sundays in the season as Sundays after Trinity rather than as Sundays after Pentecost. But I think also the very word Pentecost evokes for us Pentecostalism or Pentecostals and the Holy Spirit we associate with charismatic gifts of tongues or prophecy or miracles. In fact, I imagine that for some people, the Holy Spirit just sounds a little spooky. That's really not unreasonable. The word for spirit, ruach in Hebrew, pneuma in Greek and spiritus in Latin has the basic meaning of wind or breath. And so it was first translated into English by the Old English word ghost, which means wind or breath as in a gust of wind. And then ghost became associated with the spirits of dead people or spooks. The 1979 Book of Common Prayer that we used has clarified the church's teaching by using the more familiar and less spooky word, Holy Spirit, instead of Holy Ghost. Be that as it may, what do we believe about the Holy Spirit in the life of the church, which is the focus of the season of Pentecost? Well, to begin with, we believe that the Holy Spirit is the Lord one of the three persons of the Trinity who proceeds from the Father and the Son and with the Father and Son is worshiped and glorified. Further, we believe that the Holy Spirit is the giver of life. The book of Genesis says that God breathed into Adam and Adam became a living being. And St. Paul says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through his spirit that dwells in you. So we believe that the Holy Spirit as the divine breath has spoken through the prophets and inspired all holy scriptures to be written for our learning and cleanses the thoughts of our hearts so that we can perfectly love and worthily magnify his holy name. The Holy Spirit is also the spirit of truth. When Jesus told his disciples that he would pray the Father to send the Holy Spirit, he called the Holy Spirit, the counselor because the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. And he promised when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. This is why we celebrate Trinity Sunday on the first Sunday after Pentecost because the doctrine of the Trinity is the ultimate truth as it is the truth about God. But there are other truths. There are truths of life, truths of the mind, truths of humanity, truths of animals, even truths of the cosmos these are the truths of biology or psychology or anthropology or zoology or cosmology and so the logos the logic of the logos guided by the spirit of truth leads to knowledge of all things because through the logos all things were made and so biology psychology cosmology are all just aspects of the logos of God truth is in other words what is so Jesus says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Truth and freedom go together, which is why free societies take care to guard the truth by the protection of a free press and free speech, by testimony in courts under oath with penalties for perjury and witness tampering, by universities with tenured professorships. And it's why tyrants, from Hitler to Putin, corrupt the truth with a lie. Indeed, the attack on the truth is the first step and path to tyranny. As Joseph Goebbels, Hitler's minister of propaganda, explains, If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. But truth, because it is what is, has an advantage. So Goebbels explains, the lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. It thus becomes vitally important for the state to use all its powers to repress dissent for the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie and thus by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. As a former Archbishop of Canterbury said, when people stop believing the truth. It's not that they don't believe in anything, it's that they'll believe everything. So a recent book about Putin's Russia is called, Nothing is True and Everything is Possible, which brings us back to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. As St. Paul lists the gifts of the Holy Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, they consist of three sets of three gifts each. Gifts of knowing, gifts of saying, and gifts of doing. Together, they give us the ability to know the truth, to speak the truth, and to do the truth which is why in the Episcopal Church, we take care that every baptized Christian, when they are ready and have been duly prepared, will be presented to the Bishop, who will pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to confirm our faith and empower us for God's service. Finally, the Holy Spirit Is the spirit of Jesus and so the Holy Spirit is the spirit that overcomes the world for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world after his resurrection Jesus told the disciples to remain in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high for John baptized with water, but before many days, you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this is why the season of Pentecost is important. Without Pentecost, Christianity would still be good news about Jesus. Pentecost means that Christianity is also good news about us. Saint Paul says, for freedom, Christ has set us free. And so it is by the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, that we become free and able to overcome the world. But of course, the Holy Spirit is in the end a gentleman he will not force himself upon us we must ask and so we heard jesus encourage us today saying ask and it will be given you search and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you Do not become captive again to philosophy or vain conceit, but persist, deepen and widen your search. For as Jesus also assured us today, if we who are evil know how to give good gifts to our children, how much more will the heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him nothing in the end could be more important for as we said today without god's indwelling spirit nothing is strong nothing is holy but with the holy spirit As our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not things eternal. Amen.